Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Episode 92 of Locked On Browns. Uh, obviously on the Locked On Network, brought to you by Mr. David Locke. Uh, you know, tough, tough day. You know, Browns fans obviously favored yesterday uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, 31 to 28, they came out on the wrong end of it. The game may not have been as close as the score obviously indicated. It was a little bit of a struggle in the first half. Uh, obviously, you know, Jacoby Brissett made some plays, was able to, you know, sustain some drives, some early ton- turnovers, which, you know, aided to the, uh, you know, big 28-14 halftime lead that was given, you know, the athletes that the Colts earned. So it made it tough. But, you know, obviously with a team, with Cleveland, we're, you know, we're growing, we're still looking, you know, for young players to develop and get ourselves to you know you know a, a more comp, you know a competition type level eat week in week out it showed you know really good that they you know came back and fought to get it to 3128 i'm not going to use the term moral victories because there are no moral victories in the nfl you know maybe i got a little overzealous as you know the week went on you know seeing the line and seeing that they were maybe a favorite but at the end of the day obviously you know it's all about W's in the NFL, and you know the team, the Cleveland Browns, did not get one yesterday. But there was some good, there was some bad, there was some ugly. You know things that need to be worked on. Obviously, defensively, you know without their probably without their top player in Mr. Collins. Obviously, we're still waiting to see Mr. Garrett. You know Miles Garrett, obviously number one overall pick. He's going to aid some things as it goes further. But here we are, you know, obviously, you know, the week three aftermath heading into week four. So this is kind of where we're at here. We're going to get through here. We're going to go through, you know, the highs and the lows of the offense, you know, some bright spots on defense, some of the low points on defense. Offensively, obviously, you know, Mr. Kaiser, uh, one of the things about Deshaun and probably what hurt him the most probably through the draft process was is pretty much consensus. Everybody loved the deep ball ability. You know, he's got the stones, he can make the deep throw, he can split his safety, he's got no qualms about that. The problem was with a bigger guy like himself, he, he, he struggled, obviously, you know, with the short passing. Uh, yesterday, 18 completions with t- uh, uh, 12 yards or less. That's, that's quarterback development. Uh, it's what you want to see, obviously, you know, because you're going to have to be able to work at both. You know, if everybody knows you have the reputation of just being a deep ball thrower, Obviously, you know, you're going to see more cover two. You know, you're going to see, you know, the, uh, you know, cornerbacks dropping seven to eight yards off, maybe shying away from press, knowing that a quarterback, you know, feasts on the deep ball. So it was good to see that. But, you know, kind of the thing is, as much as Deshaun needs that as he struggles, you know, with the short passing game, you know, technique-wise and things of that nature, you know, contribute to that. So the only way to improve that is to continue to do it and throw more, you know, short passes and things of that nature. 
The problem is, though, is we're looking at a Cleveland Browns roster that, you know, wide receiver-wise, Corey Coleman's not here right now, so he brings some, you know, good yak ability. The best person you have, you know, with the yards after the catch ability, you know, of this, you know, anybody's going to catch a pass right now, is probably Duke Johnson. So it's going to make it tough on him, you know, to complete these short passes where these guys are not really good with their, you know, the run after the catch, you know, or the yards after the catch, yak, quote-unquote. So it's going to take time for all that to, you know, continue to develop. You know, obviously, you know, is that something you look to add in the years as they come? You know, for Deshaun, do you want a true slot wide receiver? It's a big part of today's NFL. Uh, I think Duke Johnson, who is probably the best skill position that they are playing with right now on Sundays, you know, with Corey Coleman out, he is the best that they have. Uh, you know, right now maybe he needs to get more reps at the running back position. Because, you know, obviously it's just not maybe getting what we need from Isaiah Crowell. So, you know, that's another thing to look at, obviously. Um, you know, some of the things with Deshaun, obviously, uh, he was only sacked once this week. Uh, I think he showed better in the pocket, showed more. Obviously, you know, the blinders to the pass rush, he was able to see it. He was able to be more elusive. You know, ran for 44 yards, which, you know, is a bright spot. Obviously, a guy who's got good athletic ability. You know, his legs are part of his game. Um, but even still, though, now, uh, you see him stepping up and avoiding pass rush now. But, look, you don't have to make a play every time that you do that. Sometimes it's realize that, look, I avoided the sack. That is just good enough. That That is, you know, that is the victory in that play. But still, toss the ball away. The three interceptions. Look, interceptions, I'm not going to get on him. I'm not going to get too upset about it here. As we're talking about a guy now through his third NFL start, you're not going to learn by watching. Look, if you look at the Jets and Christian Hackenberg, they gave him the red shirt year. He has not taken any reps in an, a live NFL game, and he looks to pretty much be a lost cause. Obviously, Kaiser, a guy who I was a million times higher on as a prospect, the only way you're going to get better is to take these reps, to see these NFL pass rushers coming at you, to see a player of a Malik Hooker, even though he was a fellow rookie, has the instincts of a five-year, you know, player in the NFL as far as, you know, reading the ball, reading the quarterback. Actually did get Deshaun once for an interception yesterday. I'm not going to put all of these interceptions on Deshaun yesterday. Obviously, you know, some tips and, you know, some things of that nature. And he got himself into a position where maybe he was trying to force, you know, with no help, uh, you know, set the valve with two offensive pass interference. That does not help a rookie's confidence. Uh, the veteran stable of the group of this offense, Kenny Britt, a guy you gave some money to in this offseason, a guy you look to come in and be your not wide receiver one, or if not, make Corey Coleman's life easier. Uh, I, you know, my counts, I have him anywhere between three to four drops, just a poor showing from Kenny yesterday. He really needs to step up here. He needs to show some veteran leadership to make it easier on Deshaun, to make it easier on the rest of you know, this Cleveland offense and these skill guys. Uh, when I was getting back to a little bit earlier as far as the Yak guys, right now you're running out five wide receivers. They're all kind of a little bit too much similar in what they do. You know, Rashard Higgins obviously had the big week, week two, a little bit almost non-existent yesterday with the two catches for 12 yards. Ricardo Lewis, you know, the one catch for 10 yards. You know, I mean, these guys saw a lot of reps uh, they're not creating as much separation as you would hope for a rookie quarterback to make his life easier. You know, a little hat tip to Jordan Leslie on his first, you know, NFL reception. 
you know, uh, ESPN likes to run the, you know, you got Moss segment. Uh, obviously, Leslie with a Odell Beckhamish. So maybe you know one of the new segments we'll see soon is you know you got Odell. But congratulations to the young man on getting his feet wet with his first NFL reception. And obviously, a heck of a grab. Definitely a highlight reel type of thing. Uh, the running game. Look, Isaiah Crowell again. You know, under four yards a carry. One thing that you see is you know yet last year with the stats that he put up. There seemed to be like each week where he was, you know, the plus 80 mark or closer to the 100 yard mark. He broke one big run to, you know, get to that number. We're not getting that from him to this point. Uh, Duke Johnson, obviously, you know, two carries, 23 yards, obviously, you know, over 100 total yards yesterday. I think he needs to start to be a more of a focal point. Uh, I, I think if you use him more to establish the running game, Maybe you can use an Njoku or a, a you know a you know a set the valve as a big slot type maybe to make things easier for Deshaun. I think Duke Johnson needs to be in the backfield more as he's proving he's the more you know dominant player there. You know he's got the skills. Obviously you go back to his Miami tape. You know he's not afraid to you know mix it up. He's not afraid to get his nose dirty, break some tackles. I think maybe we need to start matriculating more to him being more of a featured back in this offense. You know, maybe use Crowell more as a hammer roll, where it's, look, you don't have to look at the line of scrimmage for the hole. You run to the hole that's called, which he needs to do more of regardless. You know, he he's, doesn't have the vision that allows him to freelance. So that you want to keep him away from that. I think, you know, Duke and Deshaun is something that may obviously work together going further. So I, I would like to see more of that, obviously, as we head into weeks, you know, week four here with Cincinnati. Um, obviously, defense. Um, you know, obviously, I'm gonna, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Before I go on any further, obviously, PFF has been nice, as, but nice enough to uh, work with us here at the Lockdown Networks. Uh, please uh, go to Lockdown Browns on iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, tell them how great I am here in my third episode. You know, obviously, at Lockdown Browns, uh, top four rated players offensively from the PFF guys: Joe Thomas, Joel Batonio, Mr. Zietler. And Duke Johnson offensively, you know, that's kind of what you would expect it if you watch the game. You, This is what you saw. Look, this offensive line, I think it's only going to get better as it goes on. Ziedler was a nice addition, obviously. You know, Sean Coleman, a second-year guy. We know what we have on the left side with Thomas and Batonio. That's why I think I want to see Duke get a little more reps here as maybe a featured running back. I think maybe he's going to see a little more daylight here. Or he's just going to be able, you know, a little bit more athletic then obviously Mr. Crowell, so that may be something we want to go with here as the weeks go on, you know, seeing Duke and Moyby more, less of a slot wide receiver role. I understand you do not have a true slot wide receiver on this roster, but that's okay. I'd rather have the running back and get us into more manageable positions for Deshaun Kaiser. You know, second and six, your third and fours by running a running back. I think I might have, I'm starting to get a little bit more dependability in with Duke Johnson. Defensively, uh, we'll go right again right here while I'm you know, talking about PFF. And thanks again, you know, a bunch of friends over there. I work hard. I know I, they work hard. I know how much time they put into each play, each rep when they're evaluating a the guy. So I do value a lot to what they do over there. Top four highest graded de defensive players. Uh, obviously, no surprise again. Obviously, uh, McCourty brought on over Jason McCourty from Tennessee. You know, he uh, over 86. Derek Kindred with a nice surprising grade of over 85. Impressive for him as a second-year player as he's moving forward, trying to establish himself here. 
the other quarter, uh, obviously Badi Calhoun, 82, uh, 78 for Mr. Unganjobi. You know, maybe showing that he is, you know, finding his way here on the defensive line, able to hold his own. You know, eat up the blocking. It's, it's nice to see from a young player out of a smaller school, you know, in Carolina, Charlotte. So, very impressive for him. Uh, Jabril Peppers here, obviously not one. He did not draw one of the the better grades. Uh, obviously got beat deep for the uh, big touchdown by T.Y. Hilton. Uh, one of the things here is when you're playing a single high safety role, the whole reason is that you're being placed that far off the line of scrimmage is is that you know you shouldn't be able to you know let anything get past you or you should be able to angle correctly for any deep ball coming your way. And you know obviously anybody who follows me on Twitter at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, look I I, I was I guess I, yes I guess you can say it I was hard on Jabril Preppers as far as the draft prospect. But I think part of it was that is that Michigan changed his role every year. So here was a kid who was a high school cornerback going in there. You know, five-star rating, huge, you know, get, you know, get from Michigan at the time. It was, you know, obviously he wasn't a horrible recruit. But then year two, he goes to free safety. And, you know, he saw his reps there. Year three, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, in previous episodes, he was put into it, you know, basically a money linebacker role. You know, using his speed, using his quickness to make plays. Now here he is two years later, he's back at the free safety role. So I'm not going to put this all hot on him, and I want him to play this free safety role. I hope Greg Williams doesn't change it. I hope the staff doesn't change it. Let him get 16 games worth of reps. You know, the guy has the athleticism to play the position. You know, he's going to need the reps before we give a final determination of whether or not, you know, he's a foundational piece going forward in this position, which I think if you leave him there, he can be. You know, he didn't really have the greatest ball skills or, you know, the statistical showing while at Michigan to show this. But, you know, that's part of being moved around so much, not being able to get a spot, being able to own it, being able to just feel comfortable and established in your own skin in a certain role. So, you know, it, you know, obviously, you know, not the greatest day for Jabril, but, you know, you have to think with 13 more games to go, the more reps he sees, brighter days are going to be coming. Uh, do want to give a little bit of a hat tip, Joe Schobert. Now, this is a little bit interesting for him, obviously. You know, he was a guy at Wisconsin, you know, pretty much was viewed, you know, more as a pass-rushing outside li type of linebacker, playing a little bit more inside now, playing the run more now. Um, you know, he's not grading out as great as you want to see it, but you know, when you watch it, you're seeing mad activity. Um, I, I have him pretty much accounted for playing every down to this point for this defense. Another strong day with you know eight total tackles, you know half a sack, obviously. So you're seeing a player, you know, transform into something that he maybe wasn't. You know, obviously when he came into the league, I, I think he's showing well. He, you know, obviously they were very strong. Obviously, you know, run defense. 2.6 yards per carry allowed. Uh, obviously, the defense showed really strong in the second half. I believe it was somewhere under 80 yards. I want to say about 75 or so. So they showed very well the defense, obviously, in the second half. Joe Schobert was a big, big part of all that. You know, the quarterback, too, well, obviously, you know, these guys, you know, pretty much, I thought they showed pretty well. You know, despite, you know, obviously the missed, you know, uh, the blown coverage, uh, not blown coverage, you know, gotten beat by Jabril Preppers. You take out T.Y. Hilton's touchdown, which was 61 yards. You know, they held the passing game under 200 yards total, which is pretty much, you know, 
pretty much a, a remarkable effort in you know this modern day NFL. Obviously, so much is you know you know pass related. Even with Jacoby Brissett, you know, a young guy himself finding his own way to take that out and keep him under 200 yards. Obviously, they showed very well. Um, now you're looking at the point now that this defense played yesterday without Jamie Collins. You know, Jamie Collins, he, it, it's a brutal loss to not have him in your lineup because he has to be accounted for by any offense. He brings extreme versatility to his position. He can play the run. He can rush the pass. If you want him to take a tight end out of the game one-on-one, -on -one, he's got capabilities to do that. That's why he got it paid as handsomely as he did. Um, you know, obviously going to be a focal point of the Browns defense going further. And then I'm going to get to one other thing. Look, uh, here we are three weeks in. You know, number one overall draft choice for the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett. We have still yet to see him as he, you know, makes his way back from a high ankle sprain. Look, you're, I want to see him this week against Cincinnati. If he's not ready, like I mentioned earlier, you're not going to rush, you know, you know, a player of this magnitude. But what he is going to bring, you know, it, you know, it, he's going to cut down on the quarterback being able to look for a third read, a fourth read, because you know, as he establishes pass rush, it's going to make things easier for you know Ogba and guys of that nature. It's going to be easier for them to get the quarterback because so much is going to be focused on a guy with Miles Garrett and the pure ability that he brings as a pass rusher. So these are things, you know, hopefully, you know, Miles is back this week. You know, we'll know obviously by Wednesday whether or not he gets in any type of practice reps, you know, and gets himself, you know, quote unquote, off the bike, you know, which brings you back to the Keyshawn Johnson, you know, years ago, you know, I mean, Terrell Owens years ago, wearing the cycling uniform on the, you know, on the exercise bike at the Dallas Cowboys sideline. You know, we want to see him get some reps. Hopefully, you know, can get in there and start doing some things. If it's not this week, hopefully it's by week five. Um, it's week four. Here we are headed into, you know, Cincinnati week. Look, uh, you know, they showed a little bit better yesterday uh, with the new offensive coordinator. Obviously, you know, a little bit, you know, some things have done differently. Uh, the, the Giovanni Bernard touchdown pass that Cincinnati ran yesterday was nice, uh, obviously from the fact that they brought him back into the backfield after splitting him out wide, tried to confuse the conf coverage, which are things you're going to do with a young Cleveland defense. You know, Bernard was able to sneak out to the left side after being, you know, flanked to the right, wide open, you know, was able to catch the touchdown pass. You know, obviously we all know A.J. Green is a handful to deal with. Um, they're still working on their running game, so obviously a lot to go with, you know, as far as it's being Cincinnati week. But, you know, here we are, you know, 0-3, headed into week four. I don't think it's as bad as the 0-3 record looks when you look at the amount of youth that's being played. I am still 110% on board with Deshaun Kaiser to not make a move. There is no reason to take this kid out of there. You know, obviously threw for 244 yards yesterday. Yes, some of it was in some prevent, but look, that's the only way you're going to learn is with live reps. He needs to go out there every week and just continuously take every snap, see the game speed, see the defenses. There's no other way he is going to get better without learning, without working, without taking live reps. So uh, obviously, we're going to come out to you, you know, with the, you know, obviously with the rest of the week here, with the next few episodes, get a couple of guests in here. Uh, you know, try to break things down a little bit more. Anything you guys want, please at you know at me on Twitter at Jeff underscore 
on uh, Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. You know, obviously, you know, tweet to the at Locked On Browns podcast. You know, at you know app. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, address. Let me know anything you want to hear. Any questions? Uh, definitely looking forward to you know Cincinnati uh, coming up this week. And that's pretty much it for episode 93 here of Locked On Browns. Please subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, put your Twitter handle into your review. I have a PFF Ed subscription to give away. You know, obviously, pass rush is the key to NFL as much as quarterback play is. The one way to neutralize the passing game is to get a solid pass rush. I've got a $39.99 value edge uh, subscription for you guys. Please, by all means, subscribe, review, put your Twitter handle into it, and we'll get back after you guys probably in about 24 hours. Good night, everybody.